Welcome back to the Schoolyard Sports Podcast. I'm the host of this podcast, Lane Frank. We're now on episode 146. It's our 146th episodes through. I got action-packed episode playing for you in college football. It's Thanksgiving week for all our Schoolyard Sports fans, followers. What a great week this is for sports. You get the Thanksgiving games. You get the rivalry games in college football. You get the college basketball in-season tournaments. Stay tuned for action-packed episode 146. Let's hop into it. Let's start off episode 146, how we always do with our headlines in the NBA. Not too much news in the NBA right now. One thing is, someone rivaling Victor Omayama for that rookie of the year is Chet Holmgren, everybody. He's a beast. 35 points the other night against the Golden State Warriors. Hits that buzzer beer to go to overtime. They win overtime. Chet Holmgren, still a rookie, even though it's his second year in the NBA. Reminds you that Blake Griffin, Ben Simmons type of situation. That's going on Chet Holmgren. What a great game that was for him. The other night against the Golden State Warriors. In-season tournament, also on a roll right now. For those of you that are confused, NBA has a new in-season tournament. Kind of ups that competition a little bit for the NBA. I like it, the in-season tournament. Great week 10 we had in the NFL. First thing to go over in the NFL, that Thursday night football game for the Baltimore Ravens over Cincinnati Bengals. Great one that was for them. Now, injuries to the Bengals all across the field. Joe Burrow, a few other guys got injured in that game, but that's tough. Joe Burrow out for the rest of the season for the Cincinnati Bengals. Baltimore Ravens get a win. They got injured a bit too. Mark Andrews, out for the rest of the season. Odell Beckham, questionable. Lamar Jackson, questionable a little bit. But three losses on the season, sitting at 7-3. Playing great. Baltimore Ravens, 7-3. I love it. For the Cleveland Browns, they took down the Pittsburgh Steelers with Dorian Thompson-Robinson as a quarterback. And as of this morning, Matt Canada, no longer the offense coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Lions, they found a way to win. Even though Jared Goff threw three interceptions, they found a way to win. Aiden Hutchinson sacking Justin Fields. Couldn't do it in 2019 for the Michigan Wolverines. Did it right here. Almost Thanksgiving weekend. Week before Thanksgiving. For Aiden Hutchinson, they'll play on Thanksgiving. Always tradition for the Lions to play on Thanksgiving. They'll play against the Packers on Thursday. Lions. Great win over the Bears. Another team, Packers, I just talked about. What a great one they had over the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, they played sound the whole entire game. Let Quentin Johnson get wide open at the end of the game for easy touchdown. Quentin Johnson decides, hey, I'm just going to drop this right here. I'm a first-round pick. I got taken over future superstar Jordan Addison. I'm going to drop this ball right here. <laughs> Terrible, in my opinion. Can't let that happen. You have a perfect on-the-dime throw by your future Hall of Fame elite quarterback, Justin Herbert, and you drop the pass. That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable by Brandon Staley. We're going to talk about him later in this episode. Unacceptable by Quinn Johnson and the Chargers team. Bad loss. Jordan Love played well. They got a good win over the Chargers. Mind your Giants, sadly... Got to win. I want to lose. I want to take for Caleb. I don't care what it costs. I want to take for Caleb Williams. But they won. Tommy DeVito had three touchdowns in the game. He had a multi-pass touchdown game. He now has more in his career than Kenny Pickett does. And he's the first Giants three-passing touchdown game since Daniel Jones did it in his rookie season in 2019. Kind of interesting right there. Daniel Jones hasn't thrown for three touchdowns in the game since his rookie season. Houston Texans, they find a way to win, even though CJ Stroud threw three interceptions to this Arizona Cardinals defense. And it looks like Kyler Murray was playing really well. Texans find a way to win that one, improve to five and three. Niners, great win they had. Brock Purdy had one of the best games of his NFL career, if not his best game of his NFL career. Had a perfect passer rating. The first player, first quarterback to have perfect passer rating since Joe Montana did it when he was playing. 158.3. Congratulations, Brock Purdy. What a game that was. Right there, Niners won 27-14 over 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bills, they bounced back. They got nice with New York Jets. Exactly what needed to happen. This team bullied you at the beginning of the season and overtime. New York Jets, this time you bullied them. Bills over the Jets may have just killed Zach Wilson's NFL career. The Rams, they got a great comeback win in the fourth quarter over the Seahawks. Really a much-needed win for this whole entire team. This team's not out of the playoffs. And it fits my narrative that the Seattle Seahawks are frauds. Tough loss that was right there for them. Geno Smith, questionable for that Thursday night game, Thanksgiving game versus San Francisco 49ers. But Rams, nice win for the Seahawks. For the Denver Broncos, they got another nice win over the Minnesota Vikings. I said that could be the best game of the week. Looked like the best game of the week. What a game that was. Josh Dobbs played pretty well. Not well enough. Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, they played well. Sean Payton. Aurora now as the head coach. They got a good win over the Vikings Sunday Night Football. Monday Night Football, I said this could have been the best game in years for the NFL. It wasn't. A little bit of a disappointment, but Eagles, great fourth quarter comeback. They beat Kansas City Chiefs. In the MLB, not too much news in the MLB right now. Really just Aaron Nola re-signing the Philadelphia Phillies. Some rumors about him maybe going to the Braves, maybe the Cardinals for more money. Stays with Philadelphia. Seven years, $170 million. They lock up their ace for a few more years. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, pitcher out of the Japan League, same league Otani came out of. He just got posted to be on any MLB team. Now, the Mets are listed as the front runners. Will they get him? I don't know. I hope so. But this guy looks like he can be a future superstar in the MLB. Watch out for that name this offseason. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. In college basketball, like I said in the intro, we got some Maui Invitational going on right now. Some college basketball in-season tournaments. The Maui Invitational, Battle for Atlantis, and a few more. Great time of year for college basketball. You got games all day. Every day. I love it. That's about Squared Sports Headlines. Stay tuned. Now, Squared Sports NFL Game Day. If you're not familiar with what Squared Sports NFL Game Day is, so we pick the top NFL games of the week and see how we do. This week, let's get a perfect record. A lot of NFL games. The Thursday games, Thanksgiving games were yesterday. You can go watch my recap, my picks on those games on the Squared Sports Instagram. Go tune in over there. Let's pick the rest of the games of the week. First game, the game today, Black Friday, Dolphins versus the Jets. We're the New York studio. Does that mean I'm picking New York Jets? No, it does not. Let's go with Miami Dolphins over the Jets. Dolphins on a roll. Tim Boyle, starting quarterback for the Jets. Tim Boyle never had a good game in college. Definitely never had a good game in the NFL. Why is he in the NFL as a starting quarterback? Don't ask me. I'm not Rob Basala. Jets lose to the Dolphins. Steelers versus the Bengals. Both these teams kind of struggling right now, but I want to see what the Steelers' offense does without Matt Canada, Jalen Warren. Nine carries last week, 120 yards. Let's go Steelers over the Bengals. Buccaneers versus the Colts. Buccaneers need to win badly. It's a good team, the bad record. Buccaneers over the Colts. Jaguars versus Texans at a little AFC South battle. Who's going to win the AFC South? Looking like it's going to come down to these two teams right here. Kind of different what it was a few years ago. Jaguars. One win a few seasons ago. Texas, worst team in the NFL last season. Now, Jaguars versus Texans. I'm going to go with the Jaguars. He just shout. You need a little bit of a loss right here. The Jaguars defense is really good. I love the way Calvin Ridley played last week. Trevor Lawrence, they bounced back after their bad loss to the 49ers two weeks ago. Texans lose to the Jaguars. Browns versus the Broncos. I like the Broncos. Let's over the Browns. Broncos, a bit of a roll right now. You're going to be playing in Denver in late November. Darren Thompson Robinson, West Coast kid. West Coast quarterback making his third career start. I don't love it right here. Yes, he may be playing in Cleveland, but he's playing against the Broncos in Denver. I like the Broncos. Russell Wilson. Chiefs versus the Raiders. Let's go to the Chiefs this one. This is a much-needed trap game. The Chiefs, you could say, after they had a really bad loss last week to the Eagles, the Super Bowl rematch. They have a trap game right here. Will they win it? 
Dolphins won this trap game against the Raiders last week. I expect Chiefs to do the same. Chiefs over the Raiders. Bills versus the Eagles. Bills responded well, got a great win last week, and now the gauntlet of the schedule starts. You'll be playing the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Cowboys. Your next three games, you lose right here. Eagles over the Bills. They improved to 10-1 on the season. Ravens versus the Chargers. I like the Ravens in this one. Chargers, 4-6. I hope this is Brandstilly's last game as their head coach. John Harbaugh knows how to coach a good football team. That's what the Ravens are right now. Ravens over the Chargers. That's about Squared Sports NFL Game Day. Now, it is rivalry week in college football. So what are the top five rivalries in this best sport in the world? Let's hop into it. Top five rivalries in college football. Starting out at number five, first weekend in November, if you want to call it, LSU Alabama every year. Great rivalry. Number five on this list, LSU versus Alabama, only a few miles apart. I love this rivalry. Great game to watch. It was a great game this year. Amazing game last year. Decent game the year before that. And then 2019, we all know how great that game was. LSU taking down Alabama. The legend of Joe Burrow will live on. Five, LSU-Alabama, this great SEC rivalry. Four, this soon-to-be SEC rivalry. Texas-Oklahoma, always at neutral site. You get half burnt orange, you get half red. Great stadium. I love it. Texas-Oklahoma, the golden hat. Winners get golden hats. This year, Oklahoma won it. You best know, Texas is coming to get it back next year. Four, Texas-Oklahoma. Three, the game for America, Army versus Navy. Always after conference championship week, always in December, always freezing cold, always snowing, always at a neutral site. We'd love to see it. Army versus Navy. Number three, two, the Iron Bowl, Auburn versus Alabama. This weekend, rivalry weekend every year. It's going to be great if it's at Jordan-Hare, it's at Alabama, Ryan Dan Stadium, the Alabama's probably going to win that one. But if it's at Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn, it's always a toss-up. It's at Jordan-Hare this year. Look out for that. Two, the Iron Bowl. And number one, the game. The game. Michigan versus Ohio State. You all know I'm a very, not biased, very passionate Michigan football fan. That's why I have my Michigan jersey on right now. We pick it. Michigan versus Ohio State. Later in this episode, the game. Number one. That's about top five this week. Leave your thoughts in the comments. Now, did you know, this is Steve Dose, did you know Mark McGuire's 70 home runs in 1998 soared almost 30,000 feet combined, enough to clear Mount Everest, the tallest mountain in the world. So Mark McGuire, when he hit 70 home runs in 1998, combined 30,000 feet, enough to clear tallest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. Whether he was on steroids, whether he wasn't, crazy stat, didn't know that, leave it down in the comments. Now, let's do a schoolyard sports scream. I'm going to scream on someone right here. Brand Staley, head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's make this a little more calm than the past schoolyard sports screams have been. Because I don't want to go into complete, full-on, statistical rant about Brand Staley saying, oh, this is his record. This is his record against playoff teams. This is a record against this. No. I'm going to go off what I think of Brand Staley. What I think of Brand Staley is he had one year as the defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams, and a year before that, he was the defensive coordinator for William and Mary, a three D3 college football team. He was coaching Division Three football as a coordinator, then he became the NFL defense coordinator. Now he's the head coach of an NFL team. A head coach of an NFL team. Rex Ryan said, send him back to D3. I remember when Brand Staley got hired. I was so happy. I watched the interview. I said, oh, this guy's legit. Looks like a great defensive head coach. Great first year, really bad decision that last game against the Raiders. 
cost them. Red flag immediately right there. Last season, 27 nothing at halftime. They lose that game. Another immediate red flag. They bring in a new offense coordinator, Kellen Moore. The offense has been lights out this season. Say what you want about Austin Eckler. Say what you want about Quentin Johnson. This offense has been lights out electric. Brandon Staley's defense, highest paid defense in the NFL. Your defensive head coach, you have the worst defense in the NFL. If you are a defensive head coach, if you have the highest paid defensive players, then why do you have the worst defense in the NFL? It's ridiculous. You're wasting a Hall of Fame quarterback, Justin Herbert's potential. You look at him on the podium, Brandon Staley. He doesn't answer questions well. He doesn't coach well. Doesn't make good decisions with his staff, with anything. If I was the Los Angeles Chargers owner, the next thing I would do right now is I would fire Brandon Staley and immediately make Kellen Moore my interim head coach. Kellen Moore has been lights out for you as offense coordinator, and he's never had a head coaching job before. I'm not saying he's getting a head coaching job. I'm saying make him the interim because this season can still be salvaged. What have you seen out of Brandon Staley? A ruined game in Week 18 a few years ago that could have made the playoffs and a ruined game in the playoffs last year. He's a joke of a head coach. Like I said, Rex Ryan on ESPN said he should go back to Division Three football. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe he's not built out for the NFL. When you think of great NFL coaches, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, they don't come from Division Three up to NFL immediately. Now, whoever gave Brand Staley that idea, that job, cool. He had a great time as defense coordinator with the Los Angeles Rams. They lost in the divisional round playoffs. I could have coached that team. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Marcus Peters, that team was elite all over the field. I could have coached them. So what made you think Brandon Stilley is the guy we need as our head coach? Because he played in the same stadium as you did? Because he coached in the same stadium? A joke of a hire by Brandon Stilley a few years ago. I thought it was a great hire at the time. He has just gone downhill, downhill, and more downhill every game of his career. He needs to be fired immediately. They're not salvaging this season when Brandon Stilley is their head coach. You hire Kellen Moore, Maybe it's a different story. Do the right thing, Dean Spanos, Chargers owner. Do the right thing for LA, for the Chargers, if they have any fans. Do the right thing for NFL people across the world. Fire Brandon Staley. That's probably Square Sports Scream. Leave thoughts in the comments. Now, when I was thinking about who I was getting my spotlight on this week, I thought of a lot of ideas. I landed on this one. College ball coaching is easier it's ever been. Rebuilding a college football program is easier than it's ever been. The old rule is that give a college football head coach, you hire them, you wait one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, whatever it might be, to build up a great program. It's not that case anymore. It shouldn't be. Give a guy one or two years is what I think it should be now. You look at Sonny Dykes and TCU last year. How did they get so good, make the national championship game after being so bad the year before? The transfer portal. You get your guys in. Sonny Dykes came from SMU, got some of his guys in from there, got some guys in from across the country. That's when they were so good last year. Look at Louisville. What do they have? So bad last season, they're in the playoff hunt right now because Jeff Brom said, I had a quarterback at Purdue, transferred away from me at Purdue, went to Cal, and now, hey, Jack Plummer, you want to come play for me at Louisville? What has he done? He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. They have a great running back, Jawar Jordan. They have a great coaching staff. If you can build up your coaching staff, like they have, like TCU did, like Jim Harbaugh did in your one at Michigan, unlike Jimbo Fisher did at Texas A&M, unlike some of these other head coaches have done in college football. Mike Norvell kind of struggled for the first few years at Florida State, wasn't good in 2020, wasn't good in 2021, was elite 
2022 and 2023 because he built through the transfer portal. God, God, Jordan Travis was amazing for him. Jaheim Bell, been amazing. Keon Coleman, been amazing. They have such an amazing secondary because transfer portal. Their whole team is built off the transfer portal. That's why they're good. Even in college basketball, same role now. The transfer portal changes everything. It's much easier to get your guys in, to be a great program, and just year one. Jerome Tate at Kansas State, year one last year, they make it to the lead eight because he brings in transfers, because he brings in great guys. It's like this in college sports now. Whether you like it or not, easier than ever to build a college sport program. If I'm an athletic director, I'm not giving my new guy three, four years to get things going. I'll give you one and two and a half. That's what I'm doing. That's the spotlight for this week. Now, the last regular season college sports showcase, top 25. Let's hop into it. 25, North Carolina, Bounce back after a few bad losses at the beginning of the season. Georgia Tech, Virginia, they lost to. Then they had a few good wins. Then they lost again last Saturday to Clemson. They fall my rankings 25. James Madison, the story of college football this year, undefeated. Then they lose to Appalachian State last week. Got to move them down. 23, Toledo. Jason Candle has built such a great program there. They're sitting at 10-1 right now. Only one loss in the season. That's week one to Illinois off a game-losing field goal. He's going to get a lot of great head coaching jobs this offseason. Maybe even Michigan State. 23, Toledo. 22, Liberty. Another guy who could get a good head coaching job. Jamie Chadwell. They're undefeated in year one under him. 21, Kansas State. 20, Oklahoma State. Big 12, I thought he had to head. 19, Iowa. They're going to be in that Big Ten championship game in two weeks. 18, Oregon State. Tough loss they had to Washington. 17, Notre Dame. Just keep on going. 17, 16, Tulane. 15, LSU, Jane Daniels, the Ryan that Heisman train, kept him in that whole game, had eight touchdowns. 14, Arizona, this team should be in near six bowl contention, in my opinion. They have most wins over a top 25 team against anybody in the country. So, most top 25 wins in the country at four, tied with Washington. 14, Arizona, auto roll right now. Great win they had over Utah of 28 to 7 at halftime. They ended up crushing them in that game. 14, Wildcats, Jed Fish, great job. He's done out there in Tucson. 13, Oklahoma. 12, Penn State. 11, Ole Miss. 10, Missouri. Missouri, nice game-winning field goal over Florida. 9, Louisville. Still in playoff contention. 8, Alabama. Also still in playoff contention. 7, Texas. Playoff contention. 6, Florida State. Loses Jordan Travis. I move them down two spots. I don't think they're a top four team anymore without Jordan Travis. Now, I don't know what Tate Rowmaker can do. What I saw was with Jordan Travis in that game, they were down 13-0 North Alabama. And with Tate Rowmaker, they won 15-13. Now, Jordan Travis, if he finished that game, they probably also would have won 58-13. Just a little thing to think about right there. But I'm going to move them down without Jordan Travis. Six, Florida State. Five, Oregon. Love Bo Nix. Bo Nix, six passing touchdowns, 400 yards. And I am truly confident they will destroy Washington, the Pac-12 championship game next week if they make it. Five, Oregon. Four, Washington. Move them up my ranks. They now have tied with Arizona, the most AP top 25 wins at four. Four, Washington. Three, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State, keep on winning, but this offense is struggling, everybody. I don't love this offense is at. Cal McCord struggled a little bit the whole entire season. Marvin Harrison Jr. really just his blanket to rely on. So, See how that goes. Michigan this Saturday. Two, Georgia. Georgia, great one over Tennessee. I said they'd throw Tennessee. Got a little bit nervous. Tennessee, 80-yard touchdown on that first play of the game, but nothing more after that. Georgia, all gas, no breaks. Number two. And number one, the best team in college football, Michigan. Number one. Like I said earlier, past few episodes, this is the most dominant team in college football. 
to rely on anybody on the field. Even if you get too close a game like that, it didn't get to Maryland. Went at 23-3. Chase McCarthy didn't play great, but he's with Dodd's head coach, Jim Harbaugh. I'm confident Sharon Moore will have him ready for Saturday against Ohio State. My pick is coming up on that game. But Michigan, number one team in the country for right now. That's Bob College Ball Showcase. Now, the College Ball Hot Takes, everybody. Pains me to say this, but this is the last full slate of College Ball Hot Takes we're going to have until next September. This is the last normal regular season week we'll ever have in college football. There's going to be realignment next year, expanded playoff. Everything's going to look different. Some of these games are in their last year of the rivalry. But let's hop into it. Last amazing college ball hot takes for the season. Going to have some next week for championship Saturday. But not the same. We're not having a full slate. We're going to go 12 hot takes across the whole entire week. Let's hop into it. Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, Ole Miss versus Mississippi State. The Egg Bowl. No debate right here. Ole Miss, 10-2. They finish in contention for New Year's Six Bowl. UTSA finishes out their season with a great win. Over Tulane. Tulane is a great top 25 team with one loss to Ole Miss in a very close game. UTSA, Jeff Trailer has built up a powerhouse there. Franco Harris had eight touchdowns last week. He is the first player in the country this year to have 400 yards and 100 yards rushing in the same game. 400 yards passing, 100 yards rushing. That's what Franco Harris did for you right there. UTSA, they finish out their season in the right way. Upset win over Tulane. Oregon versus Oregon State. The Civil War. Always love this game. Oregon State beat them last year. Oregon Wants to win this one this year. Oregon over Oregon State. Bonix solidifies his Heisman campaign. Let's see if he'll win it. Oregon over Oregon State. Louisville over Kentucky. Maybe this is a rivalry that we will see end next season. Maybe if ACC isn't a thing anymore. Got some rumors about that. Maybe if Kentucky doesn't want to play Louisville anymore because their SEC schedule is already too hard. But Louisville keeps their CFB chances going. They take down Kentucky. Louisville over Kentucky. LSU versus Texas A&M. LSU takes down Texas A&M. I don't like this Texas A&M team anymore. Jimbo Fisher off this team. Played decent last week against Abilene Christian. Love what they did right there with that 12-man walk-on only unit kickoff. And then they recovered that fumble. That's what Texas A&M is right there. But really rough season the whole time for the Aggies. LSU, Jaden Daniels maybe gets a chance for Heisman in this one. LSU over Texas A&M. Alabama versus Auburn. Let me see this right here. Auburn may not, have be, may not be having the best season, but they had a really close game with Georgia a few weeks ago. They lost to New Mexico State last week. They're sitting at 6-5, and five, but they played really close against Georgia a few weeks ago, a team that I think is better than Alabama. This is why it's dangerous. Last few games at Jordan-Hare, Auburn-Alabama have been tricky. 2021, Auburn should have won that game. They lost it in quadruple overtime. 2019, Bonix wins it for you. 2017, Jared Stidham wins it for you. Alabama doesn't like their luck at Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's going to be a close one, but Alabama barely wins over Auburn. Next game, Washington State very close with Washington. Looks like it could be a really cold game in this one. Maybe not a snowstorm. Had that a few years ago with Miles Gaskin run all over that with zoo defense. But Washington State comes close with Washington. Cameron Ward played great last week against Colorado. That's what they need. Fighting for ball eligibility. They come close. They don't win it, though. Washington stays perfect. Win over Washington State. North Carolina facing off against North Carolina State. Both these teams are 8-3 and three right now. Love the way North Carolina State turned their season around. Got a good win over UNC last year. Not this year. North Carolina over North Carolina State. Maryland Rutgers, a little big-time battle right here. Which team will go to 7-5? and five? I think both these teams are really talented. Talia Tongvaloa, his last game ever potentially at Maryland. If he does opt out of that bowl game, Maryland over Rutgers. Now, 
Another big out-of-conference rivalry game. Clemson versus South Carolina. South Carolina won this game last year. They want to win it again this year, but they don't. Clemson takes down South Carolina, ruins their senior day, just like South Carolina did to Clemson last year. Clemson over South Carolina. That'll be about it for the college ball hot takes. Stay tuned for the biggest game of the year, biggest game of the century, biggest game of my life, Michigan Ohio State prediction, come up right after this. Now, everybody, it's time to pick the game. You know what I'm talking about. It's the game. Michigan Wolverines taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Number one in my rankings, Michigan, taking on number three in my rankings, Ohio State. Don't know if the committee will have it the same, but these might just be the two best teams in college football. Might be better than Georgia. It goes deeper in this game, though. This is the best game of the century, but it goes deeper than this. This is the second time in the past two years both these teams have been 11-0. There have been only three times in college football where two teams face each other at 11-0. All of them have been Michigan versus Ohio State. Michigan versus Ohio State 2006. Michigan versus Ohio State 2022. And now Michigan versus Ohio State 2023. In this rivalry, Michigan leads it 60-51-6. to to One of the oldest rivalries in college football. Two of the most historic programs in college football. Michigan, at 1,000 wins, claimed it last Saturday. Ohio State, not too far behind. They have eight national championships to the Buckeyes. And the Wolverines have 11. They've been legendary games in this rivalry. Look at 2016. Double overtime game. Was JT short? Did he get it? They won that one. Jim Harbaugh, fighting for his first win against Ohio State. Gets it in 2021. What a great day that was for me. Michigan winning that game. 2022, can he do it again? Beats them again. This is the most heated rivalry in college football. I'm so excited to see this game. I will be at this game at Michigan Stadium in Ann Arbor at the Big House. It's going to be electric. Both these teams are amazing. J.J. McCarthy, say you want about him. He's a great quarterback. But so is the other counterpart, Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord has grown up this season. Yes, he's been shaky, but he's got a great counterpart. Great players to him. Travion Henderson didn't play in this game last year. Did his freshman year. Played great his freshman year. I'm worried about him. Like any college ball fan would be worried about going against Trayvon Henderson. Marvin Harrison Jr., best wide receiver in college football. Michael Buka, Julian Fleming, not too far behind him. They're amazing. Cade Stover, really good. But this defense, that's what's different about this Ohio State team. Past two years, Michigan has absolutely throttled Ohio State through the running and passing game. Nobody has been able to throttle Ohio State through the running or passing game this year. Most points they've given up in the game all season is 17. For Michigan, it's 24, and it was last Saturday. Ohio State is a deadly team. They are great. Amazing defense. Jim Knowles. But there's something about playing at the big house when you're the home team, the Michigan Wolverines. It's something about being on senior day in the biggest game of your life, Michigan versus Ohio State. Winner goes to the playoff. Loser doesn't get anything. Because in this year, if you go 11-1, you're not making the playoff. In a regular year, yes, not this year. Michigan Versus Ohio State, the game of the year, game of the century, one of the biggest games we've ever had in college football because with realignment, with the expanded playoff, this game won't mean much anymore because you'll know both these teams are going to get into the playoff. We don't know that this year. Winner goes to the Big Ten Championship game where they'll ultimately win the Big Ten Championship. Michigan defensive back Mike Samer still said today that this is the real Big Ten Championship. Jim Harbaugh said all week, Ryan Day, Maybe he was born at third base. Maybe most of my comments were directed at him. Maybe we do have some animosity towards him. But Sharon Moore will be coaching this one. I like my Michigan Wolverines to win this one over the Ohio State Buckeyes. J.J. McCarthy plays great. 
Blake Corm didn't get to play in this game last year. Injured, injured also the year before. Only saw a few snaps in that 2021 game. But the Michigan Wolverines run all over the Ohio State Buckeyes. They win an instant classic. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I like the Wolverines 21-18. to We got James Turner walk-off field goal in the snow. And we'll be rushing the field. Michigan over Ohio State. Go Blue! That's my pick for the game of the century. The game of a lifetime. Stay tuned. Still more to come on Scored Sports with Lane Frank, episode 146. Now, a little more calm segment after how electric I was right there by my Michigan Wolverines. Now we're going to defeat the Ohio State Buckeyes on Saturday. It's at the buzzer, everybody. This week's at the buzzer is my thoughts on the whole Ryan Tannehill situation. Ryan Tannehill wasn't playing his best season, got hurt. They started Will Levis for a game, had a great game. Then they went through Will Levis to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the season, and he hasn't done much. Hasn't played well for the rest of the season, Will Levis. So what's different? Best starting Ryan Tannehill and Will Levis. I think Ryan Tannehill at this point gives you a better chance to win, but they're doing a disservice to Ryan Tannehill. Give him that credit. Release him. You want to play Will Levis? You want to play Malik Willis? Let it be. Release Ryan Tannehill. There are so many teams in need of a good starting quarterback right now that are playing with backups right now. The Bengals playing with Jake Browning as their quarterback. Jake Browning hasn't done anything since the Rose Bowl in 2018. The Browns, they're in need of a quarterback. Dorian Thompson around said didn't play so great on Sunday. Patriots, definitely in need of a quarterback. And the Falcons, there are too many good playoff teams that are in need of a quarterback. Bengals, definitely a playoff caliber team. Put Ryan Tannehill in there for a year. While Joe Burrow, however long he's going to be out, that works out for you right there. Then you release him after the season. Browns, need a quarterback until Deshaun Watson comes back next season. Look at Ryan Tannehill. Patriots, need a quarterback until you draft someone next year. Maybe you sign Ryan Tannehill to a two-year deal. He's your quarterback next year. Maybe even the year after that, and he mentors that rookie. Falcons, what has Desmond Raider and Taylor Haneke shown you? Absolutely nothing. Go after someone like Ryan Tannehill. So for the Tennessee Titans, I'm asking you, even though Ryan Tannehill won't, I am. Release Ryan Tannehill from this team. He's a winning quarterback. Want to see him on a team that where he's chance to be a starting quarterback, chance to make the playoffs. That's bad for out the buzzer this week. Now the best last question of the day. This is a question that is: What is your favorite thing to do sports-wise on Thanksgiving? Is it maybe watch the college basketball tournaments? Is it to watch some college football? Is it maybe watch NFL games? Maybe watch the hot stove in MLB? See what's going on for agency there. What is your favorite thing to do on Thanksgiving week? In sports, that's about for question day this week. Leave your thoughts in the comments. I'll say mine is sitting down, watching football on Thursday, and then waking up Saturday morning, getting ready for that Michigan Ohio State game. That's my favorite Thanksgiving tradition to do for sports. What's yours? Leave your answer in the comments. That's about for question day. That's about for Squid Sports with Lane Frank, episode 146. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squid Sports on Instagram, at Squid Sports. Follow Squid Sports on Twitter, at Squid Sport. Follow Squid Sports on TikTok, at Squid Sports. Don't forget to subscribe. Rate interview for the best sports content in the world. We'll be back here in the Texas studio next week on episode 147. Stay tuned.